and welcome to Unsourced. Well, my name is Elvis, and as always, I'm your host. All right, so I think we only have really one big news topic this week, which is that Size Barriers X-Men comic has officially been announced. It's called Way of X, and it's this Nightcrawler ongoing, basically. Well, there are team elements. Like I think Dr. Nemesis and Pixie are going to be in it. But it does sound really interesting, and it, it does seem like the kind of thing that Spurrier would excel at doing. It's basically, or at least one of the aspects of it, is going to be that Nightcrawler is going to try and find a way to resolve Krakoan society and religion in a way that helps people move forward, because apparently something is attacking that on a metaphysical level. And uh, you know what? Awesome. I can't wait. I was always kind of worried about Cy Spurrier going to the X-Men line, because it seemed like a pretty janky fit. I like some of the comics, but none of it really screams barrier to me. And this just kind of seems like a good fit. It's going to fit like a glove, hopefully. So fingers crossed for that, and I can't wait. Anyway, let's move on to what I read this week. First off, we have Sweet Tooth to Return number 3, which is another pretty decent issue, although a little more skint flint than last. While the first few issues seemingly had a decent enough pace about themselves with regard to how it's approaching the mystery of the backgrounding of this series, and how and why Gus is even in the present day, this month's chapter kind of spins its wheels and kind of stalls at actually arriving at the obvious. Like, the payoff to this has already been really obvious with the second issue, as you learn more about the priorities of the human cult for why Gus has returned, but this leaves it all the way to the very end to even approach confirming it. And even then, confirming is a very strong word for what actually happens. It seems like they're going to stretch it out even further than this, which is ridiculous. That said, the characters are still pretty solid, and while it doesn't seem like the elephant is reincarnation as well, he still strikes a very enigmatic figure. The rest of the subplots so far aren't very gripping though, and since it's probably already halfway over, it really needs to kick things into gear. Overall, two pounds middle, but there's still a lot of potential here, and I can't wait to see where number four brings us, and hopefully has this coalesce a lot more solidly. Next up, we have American Vampire in 1976, number 4. And this is an issue where the cracks start to show a little bit. Like, they know that they only have about 9 issues to make it through this story, and they're trying to cover as much ground as possible. Last month's issue ends on two pretty impressive notes, and this issue just kind of bypasses them. We're still moving forward, but the lecture time between the issues is jarring and honestly very disorienting. I almost thought that I was missing an issue, that I maybe skipped over something by accident. It's that kind of thing, that kind of feeling. Or actually being an ongoing would have helped necessitate an actual issue showing the connective context instead of just jumping ahead and having some very janky backwards exposition. That said, the stakes are continuing to be raised and Snyder at least flushes out more of the world behind American Vampire in some really fun ways that, yes, does tie everything into the Bicentennial, which does give it this great circular backbone, like I said in the first issue when I reviewed that, which I always love to see. It does get a little bit long in the tooth of how little it's leaving to the imagination, and how much it's just showing to the reader, but I guess that's practical given how it's already halfway done too, so a lot of the mystery and intrigue with the subplots, there isn't enough time for that. So, you know, I guess you do have to weigh your, you know, uh, options here. Overall, one thumb up, one thumb down, and I really hope that now that we've gotten a better idea of the scope of the story, we can really start paying that off because we're already halfway done. Next up, we have Immortal Hulk number 42, and this was definitely one of the most boring issues of the series so far. It feels really oddly disconnected and non-cohesive in how it approaches this leg of the narrative. There's a lot of things in this issue that feel like they should have been more impactful and have had more substantive payoff, but they just happen, and they happen so quickly and so almost off-screenly in their brevity that I kind of felt let down by all of it. Like, this is the end stretch, right? There's only eight issues left. And this isn't really, you know, building up to that kind of energy. And this is a weird issue in that there's a lot of context, a lot of forward momentum, a lot of story beats. But they're not done any way excitingly. And you know what? That's a shame. 
this series should be way better than this by now. Overall though, it was nice to see all kinds of things play out. Getting to see some more development and turns in a plot that really do attempt to amp things up, but it's just not enough. Overall, two phones middle. Next up we have Sword number 2. And this was a good issue. It's hampered a bit by some lip service to the King in Black event, but it has some really good buttressing by the fact that it's still setting things up. So it doesn't matter as much that everything is kind of up in the air, because nothing in the ongoing has been truly solidified yet. And so that loose nature to the story really helps. It helps keep you focused on the character beats that allow this ensemble cast to really come into their own and stand out as individuals against each other, which is something that the first issue had some very big problems with. It actually swings for defenses in this one more than I expected, and I still can't believe what it lobs the reader in almost an aside joke or gag. It makes me really excited for the series going, it's just how it's tipping its hat so early on. And you know what? It's really fun. I'm still kind of up in the air by the characters so far, but at the very least, the writers and the creative team are really trying to make them, well, personable and memorable. And if nothing else, that's at least something that is working on some level. So overall, one thumb up, one thumb middle, and I can't wait to see where this plot goes because it's really staking his claim to a big chunk of the new X-Men line mythos, so I'm excited. And finally, we have Marauders number 17, which was, you know, a decent issue. I liked how they gave Lockheed separate caregivers some closure. That was really nice. I was surprised. That was probably one of my favorite little subplots of the previous arc, and it was nice to see that actually get some tethering, which I wasn't expecting. I was actually expecting them to just sort of move past that. So it really does give the series this nice, personable and wholesome and satisfying nature to it. I'm just not really interested in where the arc itself is going. It feels like we're retreading old ground that was already kind of perfectly capped off already. This whole revenge on the Hellfire Club, revenge on the Shaws kind of thing. But I'll wait and see where it goes. It does seem at least like it's trying to move forward the myth arcs and the plot threads in a conclusive way where they're all being finagled and coalesced together. So fingers crossed they turn to be something interesting. Overall, Two months middle. And actually, for real, finally, because I totally forgot this came out, and so I'm sticking this on at the end of this, we have The Wrong Earth, Volume 2, Night and Day, Number 1. And if you don't remember, The Wrong Earth was a series that came out in, like, 2019, and it was basically, the idea was you have this gritty, dark age universe, and this silver age, happy-go-lucky universe, and their superhero equivalents, which are Batman kind of parodies, flip. Like they swap Earths by accident and they get stuck on their stuck on the other's respective Earth. And hijinks and really, really horrifying and philosophically manic shenanigans ensue. And it's really fun, it's really dark, and it's really, really eerie and just uncomfortable and neurotic. And it was a really great, you know, little miniseries. And we finally have a sequel miniseries coming out from Ahoy Comics by Tom Payer. And it, you know what? I'm really glad. I know that there was an, a spin-off a uh, prequel uh, sort of thing that came out in the interim, but I wasn't really interested in all that. I mean, what could you really gain from just parody, homage, like wink-wink Batman-style comics? I, that wasn't for me. For me, the kind of allure was seeing how they operated on each other's Earths. And, and well, that's what The Wrong Earth really excelled at because its whole premise was how far can you go before these two entirely different eras of superheroes just become the same because you had the dark and gritty you know dark age batman um just sort of trying to play along with the silver age antics but also just really being menacing and really just also slyly hiding his own like fatal and honestly really really torturous methods underneath all that 
but on the flip side you had the silver age batman like like trying to put on this facade of being really really nice and you know really really campy but then in doing some really squadron supreme style bullshit on villains that would be just as bad as dying and it's all really really horrifying in that kind of way and it's really exciting and enticing and engaging to read now night and day is just sort of like it jumps ahead a year and i have to say it really does reel that back like you have the happy-go-lucky campy batman i'm his name is dragonfly man but it's better to say batman because that's what it's meant to be um sort of not doing all the crazy kind of stuff he was kind of hinted at doing like brainwashing people to be nice and silver agey which i was really interesting but he's kind of reeled that back in and you have you know the dark age batman being more reluctant and more kind of sad at doing all the stuff he can to make sure that the villains are totally and completely incapacitated and when he just kind of relished at shooting one in the face like at the very ending of the first miniseries so that's kind of stuff that i feel a little bit of a bummer it does seem like it's pulling its punches and what i do like is that well the worlds and the characters do still feel very vibrant very fun and it doesn't feel like we've missed a beat even though it's been like two years since the first miniseries and where this issue leaves off gives this sequel volume a nice great hook where they kind of finally meet that's amazing i can't wait to see where that goes and it's also building up on the kind of big hook and big mystery at the end of the first miniseries where it turns out that the kind of joker or riddler kind of mashup villain from an other ulterior universe has been slowly merging everything together in order to make his universe like super super clean and futuristic while diluting and polluting everything else in all the older multiverses and i think that's a great thing and i can't wait to see where they go with that because it does seem like they're still building up to it like they're laying the groundwork and that's really interesting and exciting but overall it was a good issue it's a good start back i do hope that we see more things kind of contrast and bounce off each other like you know what's going on and that we haven't just completely neutered this series but i'm very hopeful and optimistic that that's not gonna be the case so overall two thumbs up and uh, can't wait to see more anyway that's it for this week i want to say thank you out there to everyone who is still listening that means so much to me i hope you have a great weekend i hope that everything goes great and that you're all staying safe i will give a shout out to the covers for the show at d-o-t-e-m-c-e please shoot them out they're amazing and they totally deserve all the follows they can get and um yeah have a great week see you next time and have a good one